All right, so obviously, man, I, I think that's is probably a better sermon than I could preach this morning by, by a long shot. And uh, yeah, older kids, if you would go ahead and go back. The kids came out just to watch, but hey boys, up top, y'all come on down. <laughs> They're kind of hearing. Caleb, come on down, Colby, down to your classrooms. Man, we just got back from camp, a lot of us fathers and sons, last night at like 10.30. Um, and so if any of you contributed towards that, we want to say thank you, like covered the cost. Uh, parents, basically all they had to pay was the deposit. Um, I almost broke my back yesterday. I think I, I fell harder yesterday than I've fallen probably in a good 10, 15 years. And it was, it was amazing. I wish it would have been on video, but it was all worth it. I mean, we had a great time. Um, and uh, we were talking about foundations this week at camp. The, the camp pastor and the missionaries that were there were talking through what that looked like. And so it was, a, it was a good time. It was a good time. So make sure you do this. If you see any of the boys, Colby, um, Cash, Cooper, Caleb, and Dane, see them and ask them how it went. Ask them, you know, how did camp go? And if you see Liza and Abby, they got to go earlier in the week because they were the, the girls that were, and the moms that were old enough to go. Ask them how camp went and um, just expect good stuff. So, uh, man, grateful you guys are here. Um, this week I was reading through First Thessalonians and uh, just something jumped out at me, and, and that's what we're going to kind of talk through briefly today, because I, you know, I understand this was going to take a lot of time, and so I'm going to do something that hopefully, uh, hopefully I, I've done before, you know, and it's rare, maybe, maybe it's rare that you come in and a pastor is not telling you that you're doing something wrong. Today, like, I want to talk about things that are being done right, if that's okay, like I really do, and I, I want you to leave encouraged because, uh, you know, there are a lot of times in Scripture to where it is. It's going to point out our error, and that's okay. It's going to convict us of sin, tell us things that we need to fix. But also, man, the Holy Spirit also affirms the things that we're, things that we're doing. Scripture does the same. God does the same. God's like a loving father when, you know, like a dad. When a son plays a good ball game, son comes off the field. Good job, son. You did great. But even when the son plays a, a bad ball game, good job, son. You did great. But there are just times in Scripture in which God is affirming the things that he's already called us to, and he's saying, hey, good job for doing that. And so that's the hope for today. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, um, and we're just going to spend just a little bit of time there, a little bit of time. I'm going to pray and uh, collect myself a little bit, and then we'll, we'll jump in. God, we love you. We thank you for loving us. Thank you, God, for what we've already been able to see and, and say today. God, thank you for the life of two people um, that has been changed by Jesus uh, and only Jesus. God, I look forward to watching Ellie grow into what uh, you have called her to be, the ways that you use her. God, I look forward to seeing Katie and Water join in marriage and seeing how you're going to grow them as a couple, use marriage to sanctify them. Um, God, we're grateful that we get to witness these things as a family today. Um, and God, as we look at your word, I pray that it would speak to us. I pray that it would remind us who we are. And God, I pray that it would call us to more. We love you, and it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. And so, uh, like I said about baptism, if at any point uh, you have felt the conviction that you would like to be obedient and follow your decision to follow Jesus in baptism, we would love to do that. I mean, we will get this thing and set it up for one person. I mean, we'd set it up for half a person if that was possible, but that, that's not. So we'd definitely do it on any given Sunday. So uh, come and talk to us at any time. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, uh, this is a, a letter Paul is writing to the people of Thessalonica, and he's speaking to them as a spiritual father. And we're going to read 4, 1 through 12, but we're just going to look at just a couple verses this morning. So chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Finally then, brothers and sisters, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus 
that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. And then he's going to speak of a specific issue that they were dealing with while he was there. He said that you would abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you would know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgresses and wrongs his brother in this matter because the Lord is an avenger in all these things, and as we told you beforehand and solemnly warn you, for God has not called us to impurity but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this disregards not man but God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. Verse 9, now concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. For that indeed is what you are doing to all the brothers throughout Macedonia. But we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do this more and more, and to aspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs and to work with your hands as we instructed you, so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. Several things going on in this passage this morning, and we could spend a lot more time here, but, but here's the thing that stuck out to me uh, this week. Um, like, I, I believe that in most of life, the way, that we perceive, uh, the way that we perceive a majority of our life is we are looking to fulfill a quota. Like, in our, in our work world, there's probably a quota that we need to fulfill, and so there's boxes that we need to check. If you're in sales, like, every month, you have to hit a number or your job is at stake. And so there's boxes that you have to check, things that you have to do. And, and those things are necessary for you to keep your job. And so uh, the targets that exist in the rest of the world outside of our following of Jesus are just very different. Because if we don't hit those, there's dire consequences. So those become the goals. In Christianity, if we live like that, we will gravitate to what we call legalism. We will believe that if we don't do these things or if we do these certain things, that God will no longer approve of us. That ultimately what occurs in that is we have taken the birth of Jesus and the life of Jesus, the death of Jesus and the ascension of Jesus, and we have just turned it into any other thing. We've turned it into a task. And we haven't made it all sufficient for our salvation. We've just made it one more check or one more box that needs to be checked. But in following Jesus, what, what we discover is that it's a marathon and it's not a, a list of quotas. It's not a, a page full of boxes that we need to check. The targets aren't you have to hit that so that you can get to this next level. Instead, it's like this. He says, finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. It's a marathon, and he's basically saying, you've been running well, and I'm telling you, keep running. Just keep running. It's not a series of boxes that you need to check. It's just a series of steps that you need to continue to take. And he goes a little bit further, starting in verse 9. He says, now concerning brotherly love, or this phileo love, you have no need for anyone to write to you. For as you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another, for that indeed is what you are doing to all the brothers and sisters throughout Macedonia. But we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do this more and more. He says, look, about this love thing that you have been told that you need to do, not just by us, but by the Holy Spirit and by the words of Jesus, um, let me tell you, you're doing it very well. But I'm telling you, you're doing it very well, but keep doing it. Keep doing it. If we view Christianity like we view the rest of the world, our quotas and our boxes that we need to check, we would hear this and we'd say, I've arrived, I'm done, I can stop. But as a matter of fact, Jesus says, no, it's not a list of boxes, it's not a list at all, no, it's a marathon, you just keep going. 
Man, it's been a privilege to pastor this church. I love it. I love it. Not the best church ever. Not the worst church ever because we all have our warts. We all have our flaws. But, man, it's been good. It's been good. And if I don't encourage you and tell you enough, if we as leadership don't tell you enough, you're doing well, keep going. I apologize for that. And so today I wanted to just take a moment and tell you there's a couple areas that we're doing really well. But don't hear that as, a, as an excuse to stop. Instead, hear it as a call to keep going, to keep doing it. Just like he was telling the people at Thessalonica, he said, uh, concerning brotherly love or this phileo, good job, we've seen you do it, keep doing it. To the people of origins here and those that may listen later on, let me tell you, you've been loving one another very well. You've been doing it well, and you've been doing it for a while. Like throughout some very trying times over the past couple of years, I mean, to be honest, like uh, we're, we're living in weird, odd, strange times, unique times, difficult for some. I do believe that God has, has been very gracious to us as a family, you know, as a huge, like I talked about, like specifically my family, my cellular family, like God spared us from a lot of pain over the past year, past two years. And as a church family, like if, if we went and interviewed people, you know, and it's, it's not that we're better than anyone else, but just as this, this body, God has been very good to us. But through that, there have been difficulties, and, and you have demonstrated that you love one another well. Maybe it's just through the fact that you guys have been having babies a lot, and as a result of that, you get to take a meal. Like we're doing family dedication like in September, and we're probably going to run out of room up here because of baby dedication, uh, because there's just a lot of babies that have been born in the past year and a half. Don't know why. A lot of babies. If you're a young couple and you've started coming here, you should know if you stick around long, it happens. Uh, so just, just be warned. Really good at making babies. But you've loved each other well in that. Because bringing home a baby is a difficult thing. Like you're trying to adjust to the fact that I haven't slept in 30 days. I don't know when the last time I showered, when the last time I ate. And you're definitely not thinking about making a meal. So one of the easiest ways we do that is, is we send out these meal trains. And people have been fed repeatedly, over and over. There's been a lot of tropical grill deliveries. And we're grateful for that. There's been a lot of food given. But not only in that, but in, in times of grief and in times of loss, you have loved well. There's been countless times in which people have come to us as leadership and saying, hey, I don't want anyone to know, but here's some money. If someone needs it, how about you pass it to them? And we have. Because there were people who were struggling for their livelihoods. And the family knew it. We didn't mention it. We didn't tell people, hey, people are struggling, bring us money. No, people just out of the compulsion of their heart that have been remade by the Holy Spirit because the Spirit is teaching us to love one another as a result of being reborn. People have come, said, here's some money. Make sure somebody who needs it gets it. And we have. And they said, don't tell anybody. Because nobody needs to know. I just want to love somebody. And we're like, okay, we'll take care of you. Thank you. And in, there's just countless ways. And, and we don't talk about it because the people don't want us to. But, but if that's been you, we want to say thank you. Thank you for loving each other well. You've been doing it well. In John 15, too, which we'll, we'll throw up there, this didn't come out of nowhere. Jesus actually told us when, we were, when he was walking and talking here, it might be there. It's coming up. Yes, he said, this is my commandment, not an option. But he said, this is my commandment. That's a word that means I do, I'm telling you to do this, so do it, uh, just as, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. Jesus said, I set a high benchmark, and now I'm telling you to do it like I have. 
This is a commandment. Man, you guys, you've blown us away. You've done it well. But it doesn't mean we stop. Keep doing it. Man, there, there's, there's still hardship. There's still loss. There's still babies being born. Love each other well. I, you know how people have loved us well, and I'm not asking for you to keep doing this, but um, we have a couple kids, and my wife and I, we like to date each other. You know, we, we like to do that, and people just say, hey, can, can we watch your kids? And we're like, well, yeah, know what you're getting into, but yes, absolutely, we'll, we'll drop our kids off. We may even feed them first if we like you. But man, that, that's a great way to love each other. Look at young parents around you. Here's a great way that you can love them. If you look at young parents and they've had a baby, understand, they don't know when they bathed last. They don't know when they ate last. They don't know what day it is, but they still know that they love each other and they need time together. Say, hey, when you're comfortable to leave your kid or for me to come over and watch your kids, we'll be glad to do that. We'll be glad to do that. You go and have a date and just enjoy a night out. Maybe go and take a nap somewhere if you want to. Either way, we'll watch your kids for a while. Man, the Philippes watch our kids all the time. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. that. We know that we're loved every time you do that. Thank you. You've loved each other well, but keep doing it. Keep doing it. Man, here's another great way. 1 Corinthians 1.10, and, and 1 Peter echoes this too, but we'll read the 1 Corinthians passage. It says, I appeal to you, brothers, uh, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree. That all agree word, that's phrased right there in Greek, just means live in harmony. Live in harmony. I urge you to live in harmony and there be no divisions among you that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. Here's one beautiful thing about the people of origins. Right now, we are the most diverse group of white people you'll ever see. Okay? Now, we pray for diversity on another level, that God would bring that in his time. We want that. We want to look like this city. Um, but right now, very diverse group of white people. Okay? Here's the beauty in that. All come from different places, have different opinions, but over the past year and a half, it would have been super easy for those opinions to divide us and split us, because there's been some contentious matters. I mean, you, you know exactly what they are, from politics to vaccinations to masks to all of these things. Everybody's at a different place, and it would have been incredibly easy for a body that loves each other to look at those different issues and say, because you think differently than me, I think you're dumb. Whatever the issue may be. And guess what? You have not done it. Thank you. You've done well. Because we all have opinions. And that's okay. These are secondary issues. The most important thing is lived in harmony, being of the same mind about the things that are vastly important. And that's the lordship of Jesus, the mission that he's placed beforehand, the fact that we don't stop loving the city just because there's difficulty here and now, and we don't stop loving each other because we think differently than someone else who's a part of the one another. You've done a great job. Thank you. Thank you. It's a continuation of the same idea, to love one another as Jesus loved us. Man, people didn't all think like Jesus. No way that they thought like Jesus. Jesus was, man, he was God with skin on, and so he thought perfectly. Guess what? Everyone that he came in contact with, none of them thought perfectly. None of their brains were elevated to the level that Jesus was, but Jesus said, you know what? I don't care. I love you anyway. From the Pharisee to the prostitute, I love you, even though you think differently than me. As the one another's, you guys have done well. You guys have done well. And, and even just sitting back and, and hearing where different people are, there were times that I, to be honest, there were times that I was afraid. Like, man, I'm afraid that this is going to hit a boiling point and people are going to get upset at each other and no longer want to be family. But guess what? It never happened. Thank you. Thank you. You've done well. And you weren't all on the same page. And that's good. That's good. 
You've done well. Man, a third area, and this has been miraculous to watch. This family has been so incredibly financially generous through all of this. Like, it's crazy to see that in the most uncertain fiscal year that we've ever experienced, like, the general giving of origins has been higher than it's ever been. Higher than it's ever been. And like, not just a little bit, like, you, you talk to Abram, we don't hide our budget, we, we'll tell you exactly what we spend and how much money's coming in and where we're spending it, everything. Man, you talk to the finance team and you just ask them. And like, every month we look at the income and the giving and, and we're just like, my goodness, where's all this coming from? And then we're like, my goodness, what do we get to spend it on? And so, like, just to let you know, like, thank you for being so incredibly generous, but also thank you for allowing us to be so incredibly generous, because as a standard... You know, as a standard for us as a, as a family and as a fellowship in this city, we take 10% of everything that comes in, and before we spend anything else, we give that money out to the city, to church planters, to missionaries, whoever needs it, as long as they are, man, if they're working in the name of Jesus, we're going to give it to them. And some people, to be honest, haven't been working in the name of Jesus, but they needed it, and we wanted to love them, so we did. We gave it to them. From Poe Mill Achievement Center to Miracle Hill uh, to teachers uh, to church planters to other church plants. Just a, a, about a month ago, I had a church planter that I know that's in Spartanburg, not even in our circle of influence, and he said, uh, we're a young church plant, we don't have a whole lot of money. I was wondering if you had any used sound equipment that you're no longer using. I was like, you know what, we don't, but how about we buy you some? And guess what? As a result of you guys being generous, in Duncan, South Carolina, a church plant is able to have stuff that they need to worship Jesus as a family on a weekly basis. We couldn't do that. If you were not being generous, sacrificial, and regular. And like the, the generosity has not been, hey, this month I feel like giving something, and you did. No, it's been month after month after month after month. And I keep waiting for the, you know, the bottom to drop out and be like, well, people are going to get tired of generous. It hasn't happened. Thank you. Thank you. Man, in 2 Corinthians chapter, two, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 11, talks about this. It says, the point is this. That's pretty clear when it says that. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he or she has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. And as it is written, he has distributed freely, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. And so this has been what we've seen, not under compulsion, not under us begging, not under us saying, hey, here's a huge need, would you please just give? It's just been a result of the regeneration that Jesus started, the Holy Spirit continues, and the world gets to see you have been generous. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll say, I'll say this. Um, keep doing it. Keep doing it. Regular, sacrificial, and generous are the three characteristics of how we need to give in light of Jesus. Because he was. He was regular. He was sacrificial. He was generous. Like, completely. And we get to do that. We get to do the same thing. Thank you for doing that. As a result of what you do, uh, none of our staff has missed a paycheck, even during crazy times. Um, we've never missed rent here. As a matter of fact, uh, I'm, I'm not tooting our horn, but as a means of serving the city, we paid them rent when we couldn't even meet. 
because we said we value you, we thank you for being in our city, we love you, and as a result of our love for Jesus, we want to love you well, and we want to continue to pay you even though you don't want us to. And we were able to do that because people were regular, generous, and sacrificial. And we will keep doing that. We will keep doing that. That is what we will tell you about money. Like money is an amazing tool and a terrible master. Jesus is our master over our tools, and we will say, if you give it, we're going to give it. Thank you for doing that. Continue to do so. Um, It's been so fun to watch. And then, like, not even just regular giving, but then when we come to you and say, look, uh, we want to serve an area of the city, would you buy toilet paper? You bought toilet paper. Would you buy Fabuloso Cleaner? You bought Fabuloso Cleaner. Would you buy huge containers of coffee and put them on that table? You've bought huge containers of coffee and put them on that table. To where Zach shared with us last week when he took that big delivery over to Shepherd's Gate, they're like, man, it's actually, it looks like you guys read the list of the things that we needed. And we're like, we did. We read the list and people bought it. Thank you. When we had kids going to camp to hear about Jesus, to learn more about missions, to learn more about what it means to follow Jesus, we said, look, we don't want it to be a financial burden on families. And guess what? You showed up, showed out, and made sure that families could send their kids to camp. That's a big deal. Man, in a world in which uh, we are told that you work for every dime that you make, and then you make it your own, and you don't let it go, man, you have done the opposite. You've worked hard for every dime that you've made, and you've you've said, you know what? Uh, Because God has blessed me richly, I want to bless richly back. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Man, as 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 a pastor's quandary, like, there's a couple things that you have made so much better. Like, I want to know everyone. Like, that's just my problem. Like, I want to know everyone that walks in. I want to know their name. I might not remember it tomorrow, but I want to hear it a couple times so that I will. I want to know everyone. I can't. I can't do that. But guess what? You guys have done that. You've made sure that a stranger doesn't walk in, a stranger doesn't leave. You've been relational. You've loved one another well. Thank you for doing that. Uh, you have, uh, you've made sure that peace reigned supreme in this family, that differences did not divide us. I didn't have to do that. Thank you for doing that. There was never a a mediation that needed to occur from the elders because people were fighting on whether or not to get vaccinated. We didn't have to talk about that because you loved one another well. Thank you for that. Man, thank you that we don't have to spend every week talking about a budget in fear of not meeting it. Thank you that you have freed us to love this city and beyond well with the resources that you work hard for and we never have to ask you for them. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you thank you. You've done well. And just in the same words that he read, that he, that he wrote and we read, now concerning brotherly love or these other issues, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you have been taught by God to love one another. For that indeed is what you are doing to all the brothers and sisters throughout Macedonia, but we urge you, brothers, sisters, to do this more and more. Understand, we've done great, and, and keep, keep, keep doing it. The world needs to see it, We need to see it, and we need just to continue to run this race that God has placed us in, one step after another. Man, the finish line is when Jesus returns, and he calls us home. And and in that moment, a lot of this stuff uh, we will no longer have to do, but we'll get to do new stuff, and that's going to be amazing. But until that time, keep on. Keep on. Thank you for doing it so well. Thank you for being a great family. Let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you for, God, thank you for being so generous. And you're generous with your stuff, but God, the most important thing that you're generous with is with your people.
Thank you for placing people in this family who matter. Thank you for placing people in this family who have gifts, who have talents. God, thank you for placing people in this family who have passions, and God, you're equipping them to follow those passions. God, thank you just for letting us witness what you're doing. Things like baptism, God, people declaring that you are their Lord. God, thank you for allowing us to witness people being sacrificial and regular and generous. Thank you for allowing us to witness people loving each other in a peculiar, odd, unbelievable way. God, thank you. And with the same Holy Spirit that you've equipped us to do all of those things so far, Father, I pray that you would continue to equip us to keep doing them because there's a mission at stake, there is a city at stake, there are hearts and lives that need to hear about the redeeming and sacrificial love of Jesus. God, thank you for pushing us. Thank you for providing for us. And God, thank you for loving us. We love you. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen.